is NAB Show Live. Good morning. I'm Brian Sethurst. I am your host. Welcome to NAB Show Live. This is day one. The floor is opening now. I can see the crowds just sort of pouring in. And there's lots of new stuff on the floor. NAB always has something special and innovative. Over the last few years, we have been talking about, I'm your immersive guy, and we've been talking about immersive media. First we called it VR, then we called it MR, then we called it XR, now it's just some sort of reality. But I, I have three very special guests with me. I have Alexis Macklin, Research Manager from Greenlight Insights, Irina Cronin, CEO of Infinite Retina, and Oliver Kibblewhite from Rewind, Head of Special Partnerships. Right now, what we're gonna do is talk about what has happened between last year and this year. At this time last year, we were kind of pessimistic. We were entering this trough of disillusionment that people were talking about. Um, I think those of us who were in the know really knew that VR was going to be a long game. So I'm gonna start with Arena in terms of, because you and I have talked, we, we work together, we have the opportunity to work together. Every week we talk about the companies that are coming and going, more going than coming. Can you talk a little bit about the shakeout that's happened? Okay, well, the trough is definitely still here, I have to say. <laughs> However, we're getting out of it. Um, there are many reasons why companies would disappear and new ones enter. Uh, first of all, they didn't have a good business plan. They never thought it out. They don't have enough money to, to last through the trough. Uh, one of the reasons why I'm really positive about what's going to happen with VR beyond LBE, location-based entertainment, which I'll talk about in a second, um, which will be increasing uh, more than last year, is the Oculus Quest is going to be coming out very, very shortly. It's a headset that's $399. Uh, it does not, you do not need to use a computer. Um, it's 60 degrees of freedom. So six degrees, we, we, Which we means that you could divine right. terms. So this gives you the ability to move around an object. Right. I thought it was three DOF though. No. Quest. No. Huh. Yeah. So um, it's quite extraordinary. Uh, it has about 70 frames per minute, which is a little lower than the 90 frames that you have for the Rift. So some of the games and some of the experiences have to be made specifically for the Quest, but it's it's a great achievement. With the cost, I'm very optimistic that people will buy it. Regular, everyday, public, regular people will buy this thing and actually but jump if in. They, uh, uh, but here's the challenge, and, and you are, you're, Rewind is content production. Here's the challenge that I see, is that there still continues to be, and, and I will say I've seen a couple of, maybe three or four amazing things from a storytelling point of view, content, finally come onto the platform. But the great content is not there. Why would, is it going to be gamers, Oliver, that will buy? And you're, you have clients coming to you, you work for agencies, and, and the trend with agencies used to be just give me VR. What are the measures for agencies to succeed, and, and where is the content? Well, speaking as one of the companies that's still here, after the trough, or in the middle of the trough. Um, we've seen a massive change in what agencies are asking for. Uh, previously it was, I want the world's first, greatest, biggest, newest, 
ticking those boxes for extra, P extra PR reach on a traditional story. Um, but this year, uh, probably in the sort of 90 briefs we received since the start of the year, um, we've seen a massive uptick in web AR specifically, so no apps, no installation. Uh, they want uh, seamless. Okay. Describe web AR. Uh, so um, we're all quite conversant with augmented reality content, the Pokemon Go stuff, falls, that kind of thing. Um, but now people don't want to have to download another app. If you're working with a brand or an agency, the brand already has an app, and trying to shoehorn a second piece of content inside an existing wrapper is a massive technical challenge, um, and it also increases the size of their app. People don't download big apps, it's just not a thing. Um, so what they want is a web AR experience, which you just go to a simple URL in your browser on your phone, and it opens the camera, AR experience starts. But this is not, I mean, when we're really talking about the level of content, and we're talking about immersive content. I understand yeah. AR, our next panel, we're gonna just go through all the iterations yeah. mixed in AR, but what we're really talking about right now is the immersive content aspect, whether it's domes or whether it's, it's headsets. And, and I, so just to show you where distribution is going, Steve, can you pull up that picture I took this morning? <laughs> so this is the MGM lion. The right. savage beast has been tamed. Everyone that walks through that lobby goes, what is this? And that, that of course, is the ad to generate interest. People can actually do the caught experience for Cirque du Soleil, Cirque du Soleil from Felix and Paul. Okay. So what we're talking about is, what I'm talking about, and I probably should have been clearer, is getting people inside these headsets. The, the animation, the education, the enterprise. Um, and, and Alexis, I have this summary of statistics here and I'm seeing billions, 224 billion from one company, 100 billion by this year from another company, same year, 224, 100 billion, saying what the industry is worth, yeah. what, what is real? Because unless this industry, first of all, from a content perspective, unless there's great content to go onto the platforms, and unless there's content that people can identify, whether it is existing IP, like movie content that suddenly moves over, or it's even AAA games that come into headsets, what are our prospects for this year? This year, wow. So that's a, a good question. When we've seen, you know, even the past couple months, we've definitely seen a diversification in terms of content. We're kind of getting away of that wave shooter game that we've seen so much. We're seeing, uh, a lot of diverse content. And I think the best example is the popularity of Beat, uh, Beat Saber. Um, Beat Games made a low budget uh, rhythm game with lightsabers and slashing beats uh, to music. Um, and it's very much a fun, easy to understand piece. And that's the thing that we really need in VR is something that you can just pick up and play. It doesn't have a tutorial. It's, it's intuitive. Uh, a user can understand, okay, I have these things. I'm going to slash them with the arrows um, based off of how to play the game. Um, and it's still very imaginative and creative within the scope of VR. Um, so it has a, a good um, basis for, for first-time players. And that's something that we very much don't necessarily have within VR, but expanding to entertainment content. 
um, something a bit more storytelling driven. We're seeing really great examples of interactive pieces that we haven't really seen before. Um, Wolves in the Walls, uh, Baobab Studios doing some really great stuff, and those are being recognized too. Uh, so Baobab is uh, getting recognized uh, on the from the Academy Awards as well, from uh, the Emmys, they've uh, been nominated uh, numerous times. So we're seeing a increase in terms of the quality of content. Though there is still a limited number to show, um, it's definitely improved in terms of the content landscape. So the show itself, I mean, there are a lot of entertainment people at the show, but there are yeah. a lot of enterprise people at the yes. show. And um, Irina, you recently started a company, Infinite yes. Retina, and I found your approach very interesting because you're not approaching it as immersive. Right. You are approaching it as spatial computing. Yes. Which actually seems to expand the possibility. So is it that more money will be spent in enterprise and content? Because you and I have talked about what some of these companies want their clients to experience and their customers to experience mm -hmm. uh, to make things easier for them. Yes. Uh, so for uh, your traditional VR, absolutely, enterprise is really doing well right now. There's a lot of money being spent in sales and marketing, in training, uh, in, for manufacturing purposes, logistics, all that kind of stuff. And it's been happening over the last couple of years and it's now even kind of maturing. So a lot of Fortune 500 companies are jumping in and getting these things done, but there's no marketing of it and reporters aren't reporting on it because enterprise isn't sexy enough. Right? Well, but what's also interesting, and I don't, I don't know what Rewind is doing, but we're doing enterprise. Yeah. And what's great about doing enterprise is one, it's real. Two, you have <laughs> you have specific objectives that yes. you have to meet, and you have specific specific technical challenges that you have to meet. But then those challenges will translate into entertainment. Right. Okay. So there, it's interesting that with VR. Um, a lot of what's happening with enterprise will probably end up in entertainment, but on the other hand, a lot of what has been developed for entertainment is being used for enterprise. Uh, we were talking about AR, just to give a little contrast. Um, basically what's happening with AR, it's AR first and enterprise all the way, with entertainment following the enterprise for many reasons, which we won't go into right now. Well, I found it really interesting. I don't know if you've heard about this, but there's this, um uh, an, an ex-con created a publication called Inside News, and it's a magazine for incarcerated. And he did a story on VR for the incarcerated, and what it is, is it's, and it's, a, uh, its goal is to reduce recidivism by giving prisoners the experience of being out in the world and learning how to use things in the world mm. before they're released. So the quotes that were given were, um, I had no idea the world had changed so much and there was so much that needed to be learned. So you're actually giving people this experience. And I think from that experiential perspective, yeah. you know, we're, we're constantly looking for what the drivers are. That, that, that absolute, you know, the killer application, if you will. And there, I think there's room for great original content and great IP. But these uses that are combining storytelling that entertainment companies who, have, who understand the long game have been in, what is the prospect for, in terms of those 
the growth of that segment of the industry. We talked about enterprise. What about education and experience? And <clears throat> providing headsets to schools and universities and architecture schools. Have, has Greenlight done research on that as well? Yeah, we have. Um, there are other team members that are better versed in that specific area, but generally what we're seeing is a really strong case for education and training within VR, and this goes across multiple industries. That could even be seen with entertainment as well in terms of training different professionals on how to do a specific job. VR is definitely becoming a tool. So whether it's architecture, different um, AEC, like engineering and construction as well, um, retail, uh, you can look at any industry and VR, there is an application for VR in terms of training and workforce training, um, which is a huge driver and we're seeing that in terms of headset sales as well, especially high-end PC uh, tethered headsets which is why we're seeing a drive um, in terms of headset manufacturers offering uh, specific headsets to the enterprise sector. So Oliver, when you, look, there are many ways to distribute. And in terms of VR, you have HTC, you have Oculus, you have Samsung VR, they tend to be the big three. You have Sony, PlayStation, Tethered. Um, are these companies, working together? Is it your experience that they're working together to lift the industry or is everybody still pretty much in competition? I would say there's quite a strong competition at the moment. Uh, a lot of platforms are trying to go for exclusives now, the same way that consoles have exclusives to say Xbox or PlayStation. They're starting to become a bit of that trend. In reality, Steam is the big player. If you're on a PC, it connects all of the headsets together. You're not bound by what headset you have. If you have a Steam account, you can use basically well, I don't any think of the you can have Vive without running Steam. Exactly. Yeah. Vive have yeah. their own system called Viveport. Um, but if you have an Oculus, it works on Steam. If you have a Vive, if you have a Windows Mixed Reality headset, like the one that just came out from HP, they all work through the, the medium that is Steam in the middle. But, but I'd like to backtrack momentarily back to entertainment. I think one of the biggest problems with content at the moment is that there is no critical review. There is no Mark Kerr mode of VR. We need someone who's willing to stand up and say, this is really good. This, this is not good. <laughs> And at the moment, there is no, the same way that theater yeah. gets torn apart on opening weekend by every Broadway uh, reviewer, we just don't have that in VR at the moment. It might be a scale problem, it might be the fact that at the moment, almost everyone knows everyone, but we need to get a bit of different uh, distance from both the people who are reviewing this and the people who are talking about it, so that critical review can really happen. Well. You to add to that, there's a discovery problem as well. Yes. So you'd have to discover to review it. I, um, both um, Alexis and Irina have worked with uh, Storytech Immersive on the Vancouver International Film Festival. Mm. And one of the differences that, that marks it, differentiator, is that the content that's curated, that we curate for Vancouver, must be commercially available. Mm. It must be replicated across multiple platforms. It can't just be like a museum type installation. Right. And the idea is to, especially since Vancouver is like the number two ecosystem in terms of creating VR, the idea is to um, commercialize the industry. That's something else that isn't happening. Yeah. Because at, at film festivals, it's still, and I'm not saying that those things aren't valid and they're not great productions and you don't have great experiences, 
But if I can't distribute something and I can't get it out and I can't put a price on it, and also I can't integrate advertising, we're gonna actually do a 360 advertising segment here as well, then how can I lift up an industry? So it's not just critical review, it's discovery, and it, it's, it's the ability to find content that is great storytelling, that has high production value, that is um, uh, repeatable content, like you'd want to come back, like series. And I think, I don't know what your research shows about series creation in VR, but my experience right now, and you can verify this, my experience right now is that's what's being sought. It's like no more one-offs, let's do series. So is that a trend that's happening? What are the trends? Let's just go down, right down <laughs> yeah. and see the trends that you see. So we are seeing more series and I think that's a uh, product of wanting to tell a longer story within VR, but first off it's costly. And how long are you really gonna be in one experience within VR unless it's completely interactive? You, uh, the headsets are, you know, there's a certain weight to them. You can get heated as well. Um, so there's a level of uncomfortability. So series are a great way to kind of solve that issue of wanting to tell a longer story um, and doing it in short bursts. And then you can also use money that you're getting from funding from uh, one series, one part in the series to a next, which is also where we're seeing expansion within the out-of-home sector. That's a huge part of it in terms of monetizing your content and finding as many channels as you can to distribute. And the out-of-home sector lets content creators expand beyond just headset owners, since that is still a relatively small sector in terms of a general consumer. I mean, we're definitely seeing uh, the general consumer becoming more aware of VR, but there's that still uh, low number of experience. You're going to have a gap between the yes. LBE experience that you have and your at-home experience. So, yeah. I mean, the, the LBE experience takes you to paradise and home <laughs> takes you banging into your wall. What trend do you see? Well, to continue on from that, if you're marketing a uh, series-based VR experience, you're probably marketing to the home user, because yeah. going to an LBE experience repeatedly to pick up on the new episode of the experience is going to be a challenge. Um, we're seeing a lot more long-form content, curiously, um, yeah. but again, primarily targeted at the home user. We produced a 15-minute experience for Sky VR recently, uh, focused around their curfew TV show, sort of post-apocalyptic zombie wasteland kind of deal. Um, and someone described it as the most comfortable virtual car crash I've ever been in, um, due to not making you want to throw up. But uh, we're seeing a, big, a, a trend towards longer form content, rather than the sort of five minutes in, out, trade show, exhibitable, LBE, sort of put your money in the slot, get a quick experience out the door. We're seeing more light 15, 20 minute experiences yeah. being built for uh, accompanying both existing IP and as standalone IP. And I guess the, the one thing I will clarify too in terms of long form, and I mean more traditional entertainment long form, like you're not gonna see an hour, an hour and a half, like a movie length production within VR, but there are definitely stories to be told that maybe take that amount of time. Well, the story, the story has to be really good to keep you in there. <laughs> it has to be really yeah. compelling and you have yeah. to not notice time passing and, exactly. and be comfortable. Trend that you see? I see character IP. So it's not only that you have this episodic kind of VR, but rather uh, companies are trying to develop characters that have lasting value that can be placed in different experiences. 
So even if even if they're not direct episodes, there can be another experience two years later that still has that character in it that kind of uh, keeps the same kind of features and also they're developing. So it, it, it's kind of brand loyalty. Exactly, and they're developing machine learning, natural language processing, and other types of aspects to the characters. So yeah, we haven't it, even talked about AI. Yeah, I mean, it talks to you. It remembers what you said to it you know, two years ago, develops conversations and takes you into different kinds of storylines. That's where I see this going. And it's quite different than traditional kinds of storytelling. It's, I think it's gonna last that way longer. Is, is the trend that more money is, is coming back and going back into content or not? Or where are we on that? Where are we investment and content? Investment. So content is a tricky piece. We're seeing more first party content and that's driven by the platforms like Oculus, HTC, um, and others, especially Sony. Um, but in terms of raising rounds for studios, that's still really difficult. And that's because something like um, technology or software, uh, specifically for investors, has a more comprehensible uh, timeline and revenue back, whereas content's hard to drive VC money into it just because that is a creative driven. Um, well, and yes, kind of, the, yeah. our Hollywood model is that you spend a ton of money on something that could fail, yeah. <clears throat> but you know that. Yes. That is the risk that you take. Yes. Guys, we could have gone like a hundred more, I mean, between domes and now mixed reality and all of the things that are coming on. It's so confusing to consumers, let alone to storytellers. And um, I thank you for being with me today. Um, Alexis, Oliver, Arena, thank you so much. I, I hope you'll get on the floor and see the new, all the new innovation. There's a lot of workflow stuff that's changing um, that's actually going to make it easier for immersive content producers as well.